what it is but hi i'm hillary i'm davida and we're the two pilates chicks and this is season four episode five yes which we had a huge struggle figuring that out <laughs> that is right right episode five i am 98 okay sure. we're pretty sure <laughs> if not we'll be getting letters going um excuse me no that's not right so today we're talking about flexion yes and the fear of flexion there's a lot in this one in terms of what are they talking about? What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> because I feel like this fear of flexion has started to happen. Like it's like, oh, don't, don't do that. No, it's, it's bad. You shouldn't do that. It's not the way we want to go. And you have this issue and that can't happen. Yeah. Don't crunch. Don't crunch. Don't, don't do this. But. And, and there are, we will go through it, there are legitimate. Yeah, there are actual contraindications. Contraindications. But does that mean the person never bends their, sc- their spine? <laughs> their spine. <laughs> um, because they do. Yeah. When they're not in the studio. We have to. If somebody ties their shoes, uh-huh. drops something on the floor. Yep. They're going to something because they're not going to sit there and go, "Oh no, I can't do that. I can't bend my spine. Can't I can't bend my spine. Pick up my phone that's on the floor. It's, <laughs> guess my phone's on the floor forever now. <laughs> I'll just try to figure <laughs> out how to get it. So um, let's kind of unpack it because we have two kind of thought processes, which is how we as teachers can instill that fear into the client, mm-hmm. and then that fear of ourselves as teachers teaching it. Yeah. And being scared to teach it to this yeah. client. So how how should we start? Where should we begin? Because it's like there's all these pathways we can go down. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot. So I think as a teacher, the first thing, if we're afraid of teaching something, that's the number one thing that that can then instill fear, fear of a certain movement or position in a client. And so as a teacher, we need to understand what flexion actually even means because does that, just because we're doing a flexed position, that doesn't actually mean we're creating more pressure in the spine or reducing space between the vertebras. um, Or creating more uh, compression, like you said. And also I think you kind of hit it there. It's like, Maybe as a teacher to look at what is it I'm not understanding about flexion mm-hmm. in this moment? What is it I'm not, because I need to understand it before I sit there and say, oh, no, you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And before you tell someone, oh, no, you should never bend over in your life. You know? Yeah. Because <laughs> well, I have this, I feel like this story will kind of lead us down this path because I had, um, she wasn't my client. She was a client that came into our studio, and she went to another teacher, a very seasoned teacher. Um, but this teacher had very much fear of contraindications and precautions, which is great. Um, but it was really a light bulb moment, I think, for that teacher because the, the client filled out the intake form, and it was osteoporosis. She'd had all these issues. But she did Pilates in Colorado during the summer, and then she came in the winter to Texas. And, um, so she had her teacher up there 
So she came in and the teacher had her the whole session doing no flexion whatsoever. Mm-hmm. None. And they finished up on the Cadillac and this, and this person was probably in her late seventies. Okay. But she hiked, she biked, um, she did Pilates in Colorado. She was very active. Yeah. River rafting, all of these things. Wow. Yeah. And when she got up, instead of just getting up off the Cadillac, she went up into a teaser. <laughs> and I saw the teachers like, oh, my. She had this look of horror. <laughs> like, oh, my God, you're going to damage yourself. And then the client immediately went over, sat in our chairs, and did an extreme, like, chest on her knees bend over to tie her shoes. Yeah. And the thing is, it's like these these clients are doing these things in life that we need to not take it away in the studio. We need to enhance and make it yeah. more where they understand how to move properly. Yeah. We don't want to be taking movement away from them. Exactly. Like you said that. Exactly. Um, we want to teach their body to load better, more effectively, efficiently, safely. Lengthening as they do. Yeah. We're building tolerance in the studio. The tissue tolerance is being increased for those same movements in a different way out on the street. Yeah. Not in the studio. And you had a good point about, and I totally agree with this, and I've heard this from my, my mentor too as well, is that the chances of us, harming someone in the mm-hmm. studio with what you're talking about or it's more likely they're going to do it out in the real world. Right. Like lifting something funny, stepping mm-hmm. funny. We always tend to get injured in those stupid moments yeah. of like stepping off a curb or something. But Pilates itself um, does not generate enough force or extreme load to really severely injure something or severely uh, exacerbate a pre-existing condition. Um, but at the same time, we do want to be smart about it. Exactly. We're teaching to that body in front of us. Yeah. We want to teach to what they need. So that woman, that 70-year-old active, super active woman, just because she has osteoporosis doesn't mean she can't do some of those flexed exercises. Right. And imagine if someone told her, and instilled that fear, mm-hmm. and it would take away all the stuff she was doing. Yeah, for joy. Yeah, in her hikes, what if she's like stepping over big giant boulders and kind of scrambling up hills, and she's so active and needs to bend over to like climb, climb up, up something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now she's told, "Oh no, you can't do that." Yeah, yeah. And so it's like we have to figure out a what. Like you talked about, what is the issue they're coming in with? Is it disc? Is it mm-hmm. osteoporosis? Is it osteopenia? Is it in their neck? Is it in their lumbar? Is it in their thoracic? Where? And that's, what? Yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Okay, somebody has osteoporosis. Where in the body? Because just because they have osteoporosis doesn't mean it's 100% all over the body. What level of the spine has it? If it's in their lumbar spine, okay, well, you can still do like head lifts, head nods, arm pulls with the head nods, different things um, while working on keeping that person's, their type of neutral in the lumbar spine. Exactly. Right? And and we're not loading it in a way that's going to... It's too severe. Too severe. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to... Again, we're teaching to that body yeah. in front of you. I mean, the main contraindication for... Flexion, like for osteoporosis, 
It's like, okay, you don't want to do flexion with severe load, and you don't want to do a loaded flexion with twist. With twist. Those are the things that are the generalized rules that are safe to stay behind for osteoporosis Mm -hmm. and flexion. Um, But again, like we're saying, like, how are we teaching flexion, right? Are you teaching someone to just like, like crunch up, bearing down and bearing backwards? Bearing down. That's a good word. We don't want that. Don't want that. We want to be creating length in flexion. Which if, if you think about something as simple as the spine stretch. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's really no load except gravity there, right? Right. The body weight and gravity. The body weight and gravity. But most people, they just collapse in a spine stretch. They compress down. They compress down. And this is a moment to start teaching, no, we want to, like, lift and go. We want to create space. Up and over. Up and over. We want to create space in those lovely spinal columns that people have. Yeah. And not just go. Yeah. I mean, movement fills the discs up, right? Movement gives the bones more strength. Movement, like, helps the joints. So we don't want people to be afraid of doing certain positions. And you can always limit their range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because you're going to have someone do a flexion-based exercise doesn't mean they have to be face into their knees and like (laughs) like what I could do like (laughs) yeah I can go all the way down that doesn't mean our clients should or need to no because it's like what I love this thought process and it and I I really feel that his work said this is like and I think he actually said this I'm babbling now but the whole purpose of what we do is to keep people safe and active and injury-free Mm-hmm. So they can keep doing what they want to do forever, right? Yeah. For as long as they can. Mm-hmm. So why are we taking a movement away? Yeah. Even if we can just give a movement that's safe and in that range for that body. Yeah. With a load that's safe for that body. Because mm-hmm. we're not doing like, oh, what's the one in the gym where the people put the things on their shoulder and they do those squats and their weight's like on them, pushing them oh, down yeah, yeah. and they're trying I mean, that's overhead, like a loaded squat. Yeah. That bad. (laughs) Because it's like being like this. But it's like extreme. Yeah, Yeah, extreme, like 50 pounds, whatever. But, yeah, I think no flexion can cause more issues. Yeah, because then if somebody's constricted – like we were talking about before, if somebody, like everybody sits in their chairs all day, right? And yep. they're like, oh, I want to have, quote, like perfect posture. It's like, okay, well, what's perfect posture? What's perfect posture? I would like, love to know what perfect posture Like there's posture. no perfect posture. And like as a dancer, I have very lifted aligned posture. But if I'm sitting straight up and down with all my little levels stacked, head over shoulders, over hips, you know, perfect, quote unquote, I'm still going to get stiff if I'm trying to stay there for five hours. Yeah, because you're not moving. You're not moving. So when my clients say, oh, how can I find perfect posture? I say, well, first of all, it depends what you're doing. Different postures are good for different things. But secondly, the perfect posture is movement. You need to move. You know, you have to move the body. And if we're telling our clients they have to be constrained to not do a certain movement, well, no, we need our spine to move in all directions. That's what Jessica Pilates said. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and again, like we were saying, it doesn't mean you have to move extremely like intensely Big, yeah. and huge ranges in every direction, but to be able to reach over and bend for something, to be able to look backwards, to bend sideways, to be able to look up if you're going into the yeah. opposite of flexion, but yeah, it's the same thing. Finding extension and like if you need to find a little bit of rotation, look back behind you, reach for something behind you, like your body needs to be able to do things. And like you're saying, if we tell people not to do certain things, then their bodies will be able, will not be able to do it more. More. Yeah. And it's, I just remembered this and it's like, I think we've talked about it. I had an issue in my back Mm -hmm. and I, for three years, didn't know what it was and went to doctors and steroid shots and MRIs and all this stuff. And then one said, oh, you know, no flexion, Mm. no flexion because blah, blah, blah. I don't even remember what it was. So I told my teacher. Mm-hmm. They said no flexion. And she was like, okay, guess what happened? My back started hurting worse. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I had stopped that movement. It's that much stiffer. And it was that much stiffer. Yeah. And it hurt in a different way. Yeah. And then I told my teacher, I said, you know what? No, we've got it. We've got to put it back in somehow. So yeah. we did. And of course did what we thought was, was right. Was yeah. right. And it was because it helped. But I feel like. Anytime you take that away, it's, I mean, think about when you're in the movie theater. Not that we go to the movie <laughs> theater anymore. Right. No, we don't. Other people do. And um, before they had like the cup holder stuff and you had to like put your. Yeah. Like reach forward. Reach for forward. It. Yeah. And so, you know, think about people having to like reach for something or you're at the ball game and the cup's over here yeah. or whatever it is. And you've got to reach. I mean, that's flexion right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just having to reach forward and down for something, mm-hmm. you're creating spinal flexion. Yeah. So, I mean, you we have can't to. be afraid of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I think, and a lot of, um, I'm not quite sure when this whole because you brought up the whole now they're talking about crunches being bad, right? Um, um, and I, I, I haven't really read. I know what you're talking about because it was in one of my workshops we were doing. But we mean like when the idea when of the idea of flexion bad. became this bad word. Yeah, I think. Well, so in like in the generalized fitness, like those fitness pop articles, things came out where it was like, oh, like crunches aren't as effective. Do planks instead, and it's like they're trying to say, okay, like developing deep intrinsic core strength, a plank is more effective at a certain level level but uh, but then it like things get taken out and blown and blown up and they're like oh yeah full full crunches are are bad for you because of the low back like there's this whole thing about low back issues disc issues and sure if you're doing like a hundred sit-ups every day with bad form like i can see how somebody would get could get affected if they have a pre-existing condition Mm -hmm. especially but i think in pilates it got taken from these cues of like we don't want to feel our neck we don't want to feel our hip flexors like don't feel your hips don't feel your neck yeah and like i told a client today we she was holding a tabletop and we were i forget what we were doing but something else she was like oh i think actually no we were sitting up we were doing seated (laughs) we're doing seated arms on the reformer and she was like i feel my hips and well, yeah. it's like, well, your legs are straight. You're sitting up. You're working your hip flexors. And I'm like, okay, well, let's break it down. Like, how much are you feeling? You know, like, yeah, we want to be focusing over here a little bit more. But, but no, your hips are working there. 
And I think most people don't realize how weak their hip flexors are. Yeah. Well, and people, this is a whole nother thing, but people <laughs> tend to stretch their hips way, way too, too much because they're like, oh, it's tight. It's like, actually, it's weak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, a whole nother podcast. Whole nother I think we just got there. But <laughs> the same thing with the neck, like with the neck flexors, yep. people are like, oh, in crunches, I feel my neck. Like in hundreds, I feel my neck. Well, You're your neck flexor is working. You're flexing your neck there. And if you think about, so let's kind of dive down that rabbit hole for a moment. If you think about strengthening the neck flexors, mm-hmm. what happens to the back where they might have those issues mm-hmm. is it's creating strength to support what's yeah. going on in the back. Well, and so everybody's sitting at the computer all the time, mm-hmm. uh. forward, rounded shoulders, kyphosis, you know, dumped chest, you know, rounded. Okay, so our neck flexors are actually super weak. Yep, because they're not really holding yeah. us up. So if you can get the lift up into better, better posture, better length, and so you're supporting the whole column of the spine and creating more space and then, then create go flexion into from it. there. Exactly. You're building all this space in the flexion instead of dumping down. We're strengthening it and supporting the body and doing those movements that you have to do in daily life. Yeah. And I think that might be the key when you kind of think as a teacher being scared of this flexion is like my thing is to – find out, you know, and they do it. They fill out their intake form, mm-hmm. right? And it usually has, if, you know, most have, mine do, I'm sure yours do, you know, what activities do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, like, what are you doing activity-wise? Yeah. And they'll put it in there, and you're like, oh, they're gardening. Right. Well, hello. Right. There you go. That's a huge function. That's a huge yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, I play tennis, or I do this. Mm-hmm. So do they hit the ball and then have someone else go pick it up all the time? <laughs> Unless they're professionals? I don't know. But it's like... You've got to look at what they're doing and think, okay, how can I help them in how here? How can I support that? Yeah. Yeah. Support them doing those activities, how we train them in, exactly. in here. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, ooh, I'm teaching you Pilates, and, and it just stays in the studio, and you can't right. do anything else. But it's like, no, what are they doing out there that we have to support in here? And when mm-hmm. it comes to flexion, you know they're not walking around all day like this big just rigid. board, rigid, <laughs> and not, you know, getting in their car that way, getting out of their car that way. Right. I mean, you have to flex to get into your car. You yep. have to get back out of your car. It's, yeah. It's really simple things. Yeah. And I, so I think teachers need to be aware of the guidelines that get passed around that are super black and white. Super black. There's, there's no, no gray. N- yeah. Because in life, there is gray. Everything's gray, right? And so, like... Like you said, good and bad. There's no good, there's no bad. It's kind of like, what is right for this person? For that person. So is flexion good or bad? Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) No. There's no no answer answer there. (laughs) We need to be able to do flexion in all the joints and the spine. But how we support it, how we do it, you know, there's all these all this nuance. So when there's these rigid rules of, I know certain um, like overarching organizations, like we can say like PMA or whatever, Mm -hmm. will say, oh, if somebody has osteoporosis, no flexion. Well, that's a general rule that is like for them, they're putting that out for liability reasons. They're saying this is a protocol. Because again, they can't sit there and get into the nuances of every single single client. client. That just isn't going to work. So yeah, yeah, there's like, you know, it has to be this black and white for when you're, you know, learning this stuff to test out and all of that. Yeah. And I think like when you're learning, 
as a newer instructor. You don't know all the nuances. You don't know it all. You might not feel safe to experiment, and that's fine. If that's the case as a new instructor, you can play it safe. But as making sure not to like be telling the person, oh, well, you've lost your process, so you can't can't do this. Yeah. Just maybe don't build it into their program with you if you don't feel comfortable giving it to them. Because no one should teach what they're not comfortable with. Yeah. Feel safe. Um, But understand really, like we're saying, like what flexion actually means, how to do it properly with space. And then the, the certain things that are contraindicated for certain types of flexion, like we're saying, with load, with rotation. Yes. Yes. In the extreme You're ranges. not going to put your client doing tower on the yeah. Cadillac. And that's one thing. Like, yeah, the spinal flexion in mm-hmm. tower, if you have osteoporosis, that's contraindicated. That's yeah. not good. It's not good. <laughs> not a good. Not great. No. There are better. And, 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 again, it goes back to what are you teaching that client? Mm-hmm. I mean, why would they need to do tower? Yeah. There'd be no reason for them to do tower. They don't have to do no. it. Yeah. It's not going to feed into what they do outside. Right. Because I pretty much doubt they're doing that kind of... <laughs> upside down. Upside down, <laughs> up on their shoulders, this kind of Loaded thing. Loaded on their feet. Um, but I think it's important also, like... And, and I think we'll kind of go into it in the next one as well. But like you talked about instilling fear mm-hmm. is I think that... Because also, if you if you dive into osteoporosis, and usually, I mean, I'm just generalizing, it's women because women go and get the bone density so. test, yeah. and men don't tend to do that. Yeah, not as um, much. And so there's also this stigma, right, of like, I'm, you know, and it's not just old people that get osteoporosis. No. And, but it's like, oh, I have osteoporosis, I'm broken, I can't right. do this, I'm... Fragile. I'm fragile. I'm this and that. And that puts a huge mental strain yeah. on the client. And then to come in and be told, oh, yeah, no, we can't do that. We yeah, can't do don't this. Do don't do this. Don't do that. Um, because then, yeah, they're going to be they're going to be scared out in the real world. Yeah. yeah. To move. Well, and maybe even scared in the studio. Yeah, definitely like, scared in the studio. You know, they're like, oh, well, I, oh, I can't do that. Okay, I can't, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And this person's like creating all this fear for them. Um, but being anxious about certain movements makes it even worse. <laughs> yeah, makes it even worse. And so the like having certain diagnoses, people get scared from having just being told they have osteoporosis. Told, yeah. And like for me, I'll tell clients like, because I have a little bit of, uh, of the kinesiology medical background. And so they'll be like, Oh, I have this diagnosis and show me the MRI. And I say, okay, you know, there's a lot of people that have that. Mm-hmm. We can work around it. Yeah. It's fine. You know, and just giving it's them not the a stop sign, you know, yeah. like, no, no, we can, you can still move. You can still live a healthy life. You can still be active. Fun, and active exactly. Yeah. So the second someone stops doing a certain movement, they get rigid, and then there's an increased likelihood of falling or getting mm-hmm. injured. Yeah, exactly. So we want to support them in here to be out there. <laughs> <laughs> we want to support. I like this story. I'm going to repeat it. Um, Kara Reeser told it when we were in our heritage training. And, you know, when you're going through teacher training, but it wasn't teacher training, but Kathy Grant was, and I'm, I'm probably going to, like, mess up the story, but the <laughs> gist of it is right. But she had a woman come in and she had all these like very scoliosis and, and just like 
really twisted and a mess and had all these issues. And um, the person observing Kathy said, oh, you know, were you trying to fix this, this, this? And Kathy Grant said, no, I just wanted to be able to walk up and down the subway stairs so she can. Yeah. That was it. Her yeah. goal was, I want this woman to be able to go up and down the subway stairs. Yeah. And that's that's what we kind of want to think about is like, what is this client doing out there? Yeah. And how can we help them? What do they need to do? What do they want to do? Like, what are their, what's their goal? Yeah. Like if they want to That's always a question on the intake. Yeah. Like, why are you here? Why are you here? (laughs) Some people like just want to be able to move through the day. You know, some people like, I want to increase my golf game or whatever, you know, so there's different reasons and different things we're gearing them towards too. Yeah. And we can't be scared of a movement. And I feel like sometimes this, and we'll just use flexion because we're talking about it, but this fear of flexion, but there was other ones we've talked about in the past of like, you know, Oh, I feel my neck and Oh, put it back down, put your head down. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, like you said, things kind of get blown and then taken in these ways in different little fitness areas that wasn't really the intent of what the whole how it started study or yeah. whatever was going on. Yeah. So where this fear of flexion started could have been like something that made sense in a very specific, specific study, study for a specific subset of people. Um, because I think one thing on that study I do remember and it, it came up was it it wasn't the most effective for work. Yeah. If you're looking at, yeah. And that's where like the fitness stuff all came from. If you're looking at like muscle output or muscle hypertrophy, like strengthening those core Mm -hmm. muscles, the abdominal muscles doing a crunch up is not as strengthening overall than doing a flat back, like a plank. If you take that thought process, and apply it into Pilates. Mm-hmm. We see a lot more of the latter than we do mm-hmm. the crunchy things. Yeah. Because we're not like, yeah, we'll do curl-ups, pulling the straps, and go into hundreds or whatever. But you're not it's dumping. Not, if no. you're doing it properly, if we, you know, lack of a better word, if we're doing it the way that it is taught. And the way it, that it's that meant to be. Yeah. yeah. We're creating length. Mm-hmm. In everything. In everything. It's that opposition, right? Yeah. And we need that inflection. Yeah. And it's the same with anything we do, like extension too. We're not dumping down into the back. You're wanting to create length to find the mm-hmm. lift. Length to find the curl, length to find. And again, with that flexion, it's like you're going to choose for that client what the best range is, yeah. what the best options are with gravity or mm-hmm. not, um, spring or not. And going with it yeah and working and that's the main thing like working with that person who's in front of you mm-hmm. body in front of you working with them for them guiding them and letting them guide you as well exactly because how they respond to something um like we're saying we're not going to break someone so if you give no, them I'm shaking something, my head no yeah no we're so like okay well let's try this exercise and if you know if it just doesn't work for that person okay that's okay that's fine yeah try something else don't find, freak out don't freak out <laughs> find a different exercise <laughs> that can support that same movement that's for that same goal mm-hmm. that might be better for them yeah there you go that's it 
See? No fear. <laughs> just, so, just okay. you know, knowing what you're doing in terms of that body. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, I like that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Good job. Yay. So don't be scared of flexion. It needs to be incorporated. It needs to be incorporated. But again, just realizing who that body is, what's going on in that body, what they yeah. do outside in the real world. Yeah. Take all those factors into consideration. Yeah. It's very multifaceted. Yes. And it's all gray area. <laughs> yeah. No good or bad. No good or bad. Yay! Woohoo! That was fun! Thanks for listening. And we'll have our theme music come. Oh, shoot! Who's our sponsor? Oh, we were talking about sponsoring Georgetown Cupcakes today. Georgetown Cupcakes. So here's the fat, sad thing. We don't have them with us because they closed the LA store. So yeah. Georgetown Cupcakes, if you are listening, please come back. <laughs> Reopen. Reopen. We need, need our cupcakes. Our birthday's coming up next month. We need our birthday cupcakes. We need cupcakes. our birthday cupcakes. <laughs> we did get an email that you can ship so if y'all go online look at georgetown cupcakes they are so good and send us some cupcakes and send us some. <laughs> we would love some that would be great <laughs> okay bye see you next bye. time or not see you i say that every time well you'll see us here you'll see us yeah us. okay bye, bye. bye.